This is Angela Staines, Tonic Sister in Star Wars, and you're listening to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. My name is Victoria, and I will be your host on this galactic adventure through Star Wars, toys and collectibles, pop culture, and randomness from the 80s and 90s. It's June 1st. Where has this year been going? I mean, it feels like it was just mid-March and life was relatively normal. Then things changed like a lot and I spent more time at home than I ever cared to. And then just when it sounded like the engine was about to finally turn over, uh, other things happened. These are difficult times, but uh, I hope you're safe physically, mentally, emotionally. And I think many of us are trying to cope as best we can. So thank goodness we have things like Star Wars toys to talk about. And I'm pretty stoked because I get to chat with the fine fellas from BanthaSkull.com, one of the finest collecting websites for Star Wars 3 3 quarter inch products. As you may know, there is currently a big push, a coordinated effort, with more and more people coming on board each day to request more Star Wars, the vintage collection product from Hasbro. It's truly great to see so much of the collecting community unified in this goal. And I know things are really dry right now in terms of this specific segment. So we're going to talk about these efforts as well as the current state of the vintage collection and what we're all hoping to see come from this. On YouTube, I just published a brand new episode of Toy Hunting Adventures. It had been a while since the last one, so it was very much overdue. But uh, I finally started going back out into the world, and after my friend and I had done an Instagram Live doing toy hunting the previous week, we decided to do an episode for YouTube at Target, and uh, the results were actually quite decent. I won't spoil it for you, but I'll place the link in the show notes if you'd like to see the silliness and shenanigans for yourself. It was truly a fun time. I've also got quite a bit in the pipeline in terms of product reviews. Remember Baby Yoda? I mean... How could you forget? Well, I've got a Battle of the Babies episode coming in which we will determine the best Baby Yoda that money can buy, at least right now. There's currently plenty of them to choose from at the moment. And of course, I want to feature more Baby Yoda on the channel because why the heck not? Ghostbusters retro collection from Walmart are also starting to get delivered. I just received the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and the Green Ghost, AKA Slimer. And they're not terrible. You may have seen the video I did about the Star Wars Retro Collection at Walmart. Well, thankfully, at least at the moment, I don't think this is going to be quite as bad. Fingers crossed. Two of my Ghostbusters figures had some damage, but the duplicates were quite good. Uh, The cardstock is thicker than the Star Wars Retro figures, and they are large enough to where they can't cram them into a envelope or bubble mailer. Or a bubble loop, as I like to call them. 
At least I hope they don't try doing that, but uh, will anyone be surprised if they do? I mean, after all, it is Walmart. The actual Ghostbusters humans haven't shipped yet though, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how those pan out. Naturally, I'll keep you posted on social media. Speaking of, are you following VC on TikTok? If not, please do. The username is at Victoria's Cantina. I've been having fun with the behind the scenes content and just extra stuff I've been doing. It's fire, so check it out. Also, if you're a Disneyland history fan and you've been enjoying Discoveryland, well, season three is coming to an end this week. The final episode will be published on Wednesday, June 3rd, and it'll cap off weeks of late, late nights and early, early mornings of intense research and editing. It's a very difficult show to pull off. Uh, despite most of the episodes being between 8 and 20 minutes, each one actually requires something like 6 to 10 hours of research, on average. Sometimes it's a lot more. But it's been fun, and it's a passion project if there ever was one. So if you like that show, or even if you haven't, um, please give it a listen. Discovery Land is on YouTube or anywhere you download your podcasts. And if I may say so, it's been the best season yet. I mean, I, I wasn't even going to bring the show back quite yet. I was thinking about it for later this year, but, you know, with quarantine and social distancing, you know, I, I thought it was a good time to do that. I thought the world needed a little bit more of that Disney magic, if you will. So um, I brought it back and, um, you know, I've, I've really have been enjoying doing it. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, check it out. And finally, before I welcome my guests, I have to plug the Apple Podcasts rating and reviews thing. Guys, we haven't had a review on Apple Podcasts since July 2019. That's almost like a year. So when you finish listening to this episode, if you're listening through Apple, actually better yet, pause it right now for the two minutes it will take and rate and review the show. It really helps new listeners discover the show. I mean, you don't know what you're missing until you find it, right? Okay, let's get on with it. I have two gentlemen that have long established themselves as Star Wars toy lovers, fanatics, and enthusiasts. And they're just swell guys all the way around. From BanthaSkull.com, Chris and Brett. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Um, it, it's always a good time when you get to sit down and talk about Star Wars. I would say it's not really something I can talk about in my day-to-day -day life, but now that you guys are here, we can talk about it. Yeah, we got five, six hours put aside. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So... Uh, I know you guys aren't huge on Black Series, um, but yesterday there were some announcements made uh, by Hasbro regarding some upcoming product. A lot of it had already leaked out, um, but this was kind of our first true glimpse of these new products. Uh, does any of this excite you guys? Are you planning on purchasing anything? Uh, I'm not personally planning on purchasing anything, but I have to say the photo reel on Sabine looks fantastic. If there's one that would tempt me, you know, every once in a while I'll grab a six inch figure if there's one that will tempt me when i see it it's sabine right now yeah she does look really good um at first i kind of had to look at them a little bit i wasn't really sure i was like do they have photo reel because they didn't look too different like i guess especially Hera kind of looked the same and obviously ezra would look kind of similar um but yeah after i looked at kanan and then looked at sabine a little more closely i saw that they had the extra shadowing on their faces and yeah they, they just look a little bit better yeah uh dork side on their uh twitter account they they kind of did the uh the side by sides and you, and you can really see it there if you check that out 
Very cool. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Brett, what about you? Well, I, I honestly, I wasn't really that interested in them. I mean, I did take a look. Um, they do look very good for what they are. It's not in my wheelhouse, but um, I'm not knocking them. Um, but I will admit that uh, I think it was the first release of Chopper. I actually did try to buy that figure uh, online. I forget where. I think it was Entertainment Earth, but I don't remember. And um, it was on back order for a while, and then it got canceled. So um, it was almost like someone was telling me, you really don't want to have this figure <laughs> in your collection. So um, I never really looked back, and I see that it's getting re-released. The packaging looks all cool, but no, I didn't really have uh, much of a desire for any of them. Right on. Yeah, you know, those were kind of hard to find. I don't know that I ever – I might have seen Ezra once at retail. I don't remember seeing Chopper. Uh, I, I think Hasbro Pulse had them on their eBay store pretty recently because I, I know a friend of mine grabbed one. Um, but, um, yeah, it's nice to see them all, uh, you know, in one, you know, gathering that they're all coming out in one, you know, grouping. Cause, uh, you know, as you guys know, they stagger those rebels figures out and, you know, over the course of several years and, you know, maybe you were collecting, then you dropped out of it or you started late. So it's kind of nice that they're doing something like that. So maybe that's something they'll, they'll do further in the future when they start rounding out other groups of characters maybe from rogue one i i'd love to see them go back and do like photo on those figures because they look pretty bad um so i don't know we'll see <laughs> I, I i i do think that subject of getting all the context at once we would talk about this a lot on bantha skull it helps you know nobody wants you know ezra by himself you want ezra and kane and be able to get them all at once even though they were out before, but one shot, it definitely helps. And I think it entices collectors when they know they can complete the, complete the collection within the collection. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, Go ahead, Brett. So, no, I was just going to say, I, I agree with that. I, I think that in the, in the, um, in days uh, past with, uh, with the three, seven, five line, you know, not, not everything would come out at once, but you kind of assume that eventually within some reasonable period of time, um, the characters would eventually make their way out to market. So, you know, with with like the ghost crew, you know, back in the day, you would say, all right, maybe only Ezra is available first or or, uh, or Hera is available. But within a year or two or three, eventually all of them will be available. So I'll be able to complete it. Um, and that just, um, you know, was an incentive to buy it at that point. Whereas now, you know, you'll get like one or two characters from some media and you're like, I, I just don't even know if there's going to be a companion figure or toy to ever go along with this. So it's just a little bit less of an incentive to buy it. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. And it does remind me a bit of what they did with three and three quarter, you know, about 10 years ago where you'd have those themed waves where, you know, you could get like a little collection of, you know, figures based on. Um, you know, the Tatooine or figures that were together in, you know, seen on the Death Star, you know, just kind of having a group of, of figures that you collect right off the bat, get the whole wave. And that was a good starting point for, you know, recreating your favorite movie or whatever you wanted to do. Um, I think kind of mixing them works a little bit better with Black Series because you can't really do the world building the same way you can with three and three quarter inch. But um, at the same time, you know, I think that that principle kind of still holds. You're able to kind of collect... Uh, you know, a little group of, you know, the rebels or, you know, whatever, whatever they want to, you know, re reissue with along with side new figures, um, you know, like they're doing with this rebels wave, uh, I think could be kind of beneficial if they wanted to keep doing that to some extent going forward. I, I can't tell you the number of times somebody on our site has commented. It's, it's the same comment from different people. It's just put a bunch of these figures in a box, slap a price on it and sell it to me, you know, the within the same, you know, theme. 
you know, put a bunch of cantina aliens in a box, sell it to me. Put a bunch of Jabba's goons in a box, sell it to me. We get that all the time. And I'm not just picking those two because they're my, have to be my two favorite focuses. Okay, I am picking them because they are my two favorite <laughs> focuses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's like what they were doing with battle packs, evolutions, you know, all that stuff that they used to do. You know, the, the whole purpose was it was you know, to give you, you know, more than one figure one time, you know, upsell you on different things and accessory you might not necessarily buy by itself, you know, just kind of have everything together. And, you know, you're paying more than you would for one figure because you're buying a set of figures. So I'd love to see more of that. I, I know it's been a really long time since that, that's been their focus. But, you know, things like the Genosian Arena sets, um, you know, the Order 66 sets, I, I used to love all that stuff. You know, sometimes you get some of the same figures, but you'd also get new stuff. And it did help with the world building and kind of increasing, you know, the ranks in your collection so i don't know i don't know if they're ever going to do that again but um it, it's a nice thing to think about and and one thing that was really cool about those sets is you know when you look back historically you know we don't get excited about you we don't get excited about the next luke even though it's fantastic or things like that or the or the next you know core character to me especially on the three and uh, three quarter inch side you get really excited about those characters that you just can't believe they made and so many of those characters come from those exact things that you're talking about. The Rodian Jedi from the um, Geonosis sets. You know, the, the you know, Porkins now, is, is the, the definitive Porkins is from the um, Battle Over Endors. No, no, Battle, um, excuse me, Yavin Pilot set. You know, so it's just th th those figures that to me really excite the three and three quarter inch community came from those platforms. And now they're gone, unfortunately. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, as far as the other stuff that was announced, uh, there was like the, the new stormtrooper. This one's based on, uh, the Mandalorian slash Rogue One. Um, did that pique you guys' interest at all or the new Mando figure, any, any of the other things that they announced? I, I think, I think for me that the, the interest level that I got at seeing them is kind of wondering, you know, when are we going to be able to see those in the, in the three, seven, five line? I think, um. You know, they again, they, they, they look great. Um, and at this point, I mean, I could be mistaken. I'm not doing like a count, but there's probably more um, Mando figures available in six inch than there are in the 375. Uh -huh. um, you know, and I think that kind of needs to be corrected. I think to the point we've been talking about, you know, it's great. The six inch line is great for a few core characters and, and having maybe like a small uh, vignette display type of thing. But you know, where, where TVC comes in is like where they gave us the, the Imperial transport, you load it up with stormtroopers, you, you know, but we're still just missing some of those main characters. So the, the best car armor, uh, Mando and the, and the stormtrooper are definitely, uh, things that I think are cool looking. But again, um, I'm always wondering when I see things like that is I wonder why the decision was made to put that out in six inch, but not three, seven, five or or maybe at, at minimum they're both at the same time side by side um you know obviously we don't we, we don't know the decision making um you know how that goes but it's interesting to me yeah yeah no certainly um and i guess that's the whole thing of what you guys are trying to do right is you know the, the whole thing is more the vintage collection um product so I know you guys aren't here to talk six inch, so we'll go ahead and drop that now. <laughs> we'll go ahead and move into three and three quarters. Well, so, mm -hmm. before before we move, I just, I just want to say, and, and one thing that's we want to make sure is absolutely clear is we're not saying more vintage collection at the expense of the Black Series at all. We're not saying that at, at all. We're, we're just hoping, you know, just more 
vintage collection on its own merit, kind of to Brett's point, you know, why couldn't the Beskar Mandalorian have been released in the vintage collection at the same exact time? That's kind of, that's kind of where we're coming from. And we're very passionate, pretty sure we're right, that um, the, the, the customers are mutually exclusive for the most part. You know, there are some people, uh, yourself, Victoria, who collect both passionately, and that's awesome. But most people are one line or the other, and then dabble. You know, like Brett and I get the we'll get the occasional six-inch figure, and and vice versa. So it's not a case of you know for Hasbro that you know if if they better uh, support the vintage collection, we feel pretty pretty passionately that's a new money to them, and you know mm-hmm. it's in their in their interest. Um, it's not taking away from, and we don't want to take away from it. We wouldn't want to ever do that. You know, you know, wreck somebody. Just because we collect, uh, we don't collect the six inch doesn't mean we want to go away because it makes a lot of people happy, and the more things that make people happy, the better. Oh yeah, I can't say I disagree with that at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we get into what what all's going on with the uh, uh, the vintage collection, uh, I want to see what you guys think about uh, the the latest shenanigans with the retro collection. So I'm sure you, you know, Chris, you've been following what's going on. Brett, you too. All of these um, these figures people have been receiving from Walmart. So What's up with that? It's man, I, I just don't know how. I, I don't I don't know. I, I can't. I, I have no words. You can hear me stammering. I, I have no words. You, the, this this is a collectible. They 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 want this because it's a collectible, and then they do everything they can to destroy it and root to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Victoria, your your folded in half uh, Leia uh, Hoth Leia is probably the best example. I can't even believe that one. Yeah, that was just shocking. Um, and I, you know, I did a video about it and I said, you know, this should arrive looking like a flapjack, not like a taco shell. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I don't understand it like either. It's, it's, I mean, the whole thing with, with Target having it, I never saw them. I never found them once when Target had them last year. I had to get them on Entertainment Earth, which thankfully they eventually carried them and I was able to get them through there. And a lot of people did the same thing. They came in perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, I remember at Toy Fair, you know, we asked him, like, is there any chance that, you know, that they can be carried by, like, one of the, the fan channels? And they said, right now, there's no plans for that to happen. Last time was was different. And, you know, this time it's a bigger order. And, um, you know, Walmart is, is a great retail part, you know, all that stuff. So, uh, but, you know, we all knew how, how it was going to play out. I don't think I don't I don't know that anybody is really surprised that it wasn't handled as well as we might have hoped. But at the same time, I don't think anybody really expected they would be arriving as bad as they did either. So the whole thing is just really frustrating for a lot of people. And, and not not and it's not isolated cases, as you know, it's it's almost the norm that yeah. they're arriving in that condition. I work uh, my, my real job. I work in logistics. And um, I tend to try to be a little bit on the on the, um, the easygoing or defensive side for, for the folks that work in packing and shipping and whatever. Um, and a lot of times I'm usually able to kind of dismiss some of this stuff as um, it seems to increase during the holidays, which is typically a time when, you know, there's more uh, temp workers hired to do these types of jobs to fulfill um, uh, retail requests. And, you know, they just don't have the same experience or skill set. But obviously, that's not the the effect here. And I, I don't remember who posted it, but there was one in particular that kind of made me laugh. It was there was a box that they opened and there were two of the retro figures in it. And the box was 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 long ways, but the carded figures were put uh, like 
the, the opposite, like perpendicular. And you could easily tell that if they had put, been put in the right way, there would have been no <laughs> issue whatsoever. They fit perfectly in the box. But for some reason, they decided to fold it in half and make sure it went the short way. And um, that just totally made me laugh. I'm like, I don't even know what this person was thinking when they put that in the wow. box. But, yeah, it's ridiculous. That, that's wild. Um, yeah, it's – some people have been saying, too, and, and I, it seems to sort of be my observation, too. I'll see what you guys think. But the, the card backs that, uh, that Hasbro used this time seem to be a little bit thinner than they were on the first go. I definitely f uh, feel the same way, and even with the vintage collection, um, the the photo reel. Uh, I was just taking some side by side pictures of the the new Luke and the old Luke, and you can you can feel the 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 cardstock thickness difference between the mm. two. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, I just found those yesterday at Target. Um, that wave, I, they didn't have Luke, but they had the other three. So uh, that was interesting because you know, as you guys know, they've said that those kind of snuck out somehow they weren't supposed to be released to stores but apparently they did so um yeah it was interesting to see unfortunately i couldn't buy lando though because his eyes were not painted on his eyeballs so well, um but i was if, if, if that get if that gets off by a, fra a fraction it's comical there's like zero tolerance on on face paint apps yeah yeah, yeah. han's hairline too wasn't perfect but um yeah Seems to be kind of the standard with uh, with these particular figures for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, no, the whole thing's interesting. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, hopefully, you know, those figures will be available through other means. Uh, I've said all along that, you know, they should be offering them as solid cases. Even if it's Walmart, it's not really the thing they usually do. But, um you know, people would buy them if, if, if they if they threw up the solid case, you know, that was an option, you know, you were going to get the case, you know, sealed. Now, that's not a guarantee that it would arrive like unharmed, but I think it would minimize some of the damage. And, you know, at least if those other outlets were carrying them again, um, you know, that'd be another opportunity, even if it was Hasbro Pulse, like, you know, just selling them as singles, even I think, you know, a lot of people would take advantage of that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. If the, if there is a next go around to offer that as a solid case. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's talk the vintage collection. So uh, very recently, uh, you guys started an initiative to try and get more three and three quarter inch uh, Star Wars product, particularly the vintage collection. So, um, so Chris, I want to ask you guys, what exactly are you trying to do with uh, the whole thing regarding the petition and the push for more vintage figures? So really the thing we're trying to do is just raise awareness that there's enough people out there that are in interested in buying this product. Yeah. Um, nothing more than that. Uh, um, we in fact just wrote an article today. This is just, you know, the opening, basically the opening statement saying there, there, there's an, there's X number of people out there that are very interested in buying more of this product. If you make the right product now, wh whether or not that's actionable has by Hasbro, we don't know, but uh, you know, when you look at it's the classic case, if we do, if we do nothing, um, you know, nothing will happen. So let, let's try what's within our control. And this is one thing to, you know, try to raise awareness and get people to put their name on this and say, you know, yes, I, I, uh, do want this product. Um, so that's, that, that's really there. And, and I, I have to state that, you know, uh, it really, it's one of those things where, you know, um, multiple people were inspired to do this at once. And Tim from Bosk's Bounty, um, you might've seen a little bit of 
miscommunication. We both kind of like started firing up the engine at the same time. Uh, so that's why we have the back TVC, which was Tim's, and um, the fight TVC, which is the one we had going, you know, this, the, the simultaneous uh, campaigns. But they're really one and the same. Uh, the only reason we, di we didn't scrap fight for TVC is we just, via the graphics, had already had equity in it uh, and didn't want to see that go to waste. Um, so, it, it, but it really is just about, you know, it's the only thing we only thing we really can do because we're kind of st stuck and uh, caught in a vice right now. Uh -huh. uh, re retailers, you know, I, I assume they think the the skew isn't desirable, and you know, from strictly being a fairness objective point of view, can you blame them? You know, you, we all know what happened in 2012. Uh, then then the skew goes to rest, and then it comes back for 2018, and we know what happened there. So if if you were a retailer and being fair, wouldn't you think it's it's a uh, you know it's it's not a desirable product? So they're not going to order more to take the risk off of Hasbro and Hasbro isn't going to take the risk themselves to, to make more because mm -hmm. you know, they don't know it's there. So we're just trying to break one of those log jams, one of those sides saying, okay, maybe we'll, we'll increase, we'll increase the, 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 um, the, the, you know, investment in this product a little bit more. Brad, I don't know if you want to. No, I mean, you pretty much covered it. I think, I think that's it. It was just to give like, um, hopefully some kind of, um, data point to just say, Hey, there's, there is X number of people who are interested and, and we know that our reach is limited. And even though, and it's not just us, like Chris said, it was a community wide thing. We, we uh, definitely participated in trying to rally some of, uh, of the outlets together, but everybody participated in what it's not our thing. It's not any one person's thing. It's, it's really just the, the community banding together to be able to show there are a, um, a, a number of people who would like to see more product, who will buy more product. And if that more product doesn't come, sadly, probably a lot of people are going to depart the hobby and it's going to kind of fall apart. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was an attempt to, to show a number, uh, whatever that number is, we don't know. It's still going on. Um, and what number is enough? We also don't know, but um, you know, we have to hope that it's showing Hasbro and showing the retailers that there is uh, this, subset of folks of consumers out there that would like to see this certain product and will definitely buy it uh if it becomes available so um yeah i think that's really the point of it and 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 brett if i can continue he, he jogged my memory on something um that i wanted to say um a lot of people say why bother they already know this and i hate to to do it but i'm going to quote you know training day it's not what you know it's what you can prove yes they know we want more product but it's very hard to translate those anecdotes from San Diego Comic-Con or from Toy Fair or from New York Comic, translate those anecdotes into something actionable. So we're trying to take it from something they know to something they can prove via this uh, sign. So, so people that are on the fence saying it's not going to matter, they already know this. We, we know they already know this. We're asking you to prove it uh -huh. by, by signing the petition. Yeah, all excellent points. And the petition is, uh, the goal is to, is to get 10,000 signatures. Is that correct? Um, well, in, in consulting with you, you, you said, you know, 5,000 would be the, uh, and thank you for, for helping us with this. Um, you said 5,000 would be a, a, a um, more realistic target. So I think that's what we, I think we kind of had the, the, the soft target, the realistic target and the aspirational target. So we were hoping to get 5,000. We've got that. Now we're just, let's get 7,500. And then if we really can get to 10,000. And to me, that's the, the shock the world number there if we get to 10,000. So that's our aspirational goal. But anything, every signature beyond five thousand, we we consider a win. Right on. And, um, and I think there's mm -hmm. probably a, there's probably a lot of people out there who 
Um, you know, like, like Chris, as you were saying, they're maybe a little hesitant, like what's the point, whatever, or they'll look at the number and say, that's not a number that's really going to be worth a, a multi-billion dollar company like Hasbro investing in. Um, we also have to realize that what we're really capturing, even with the help of, of all of the, the sites and the social media, everybody getting together, it's still a pretty tight circle of hardcore collectors that are hearing this message. Um, we're not really, by doing what we're doing, we're not really reaching people that are already outside of these circles. So mm -hmm. we, we would have to assume that, you know, the most hardcore collectors are the ones that are reading our websites or listening to our podcasts or checking our Instagram accounts. And they're the ones that are going to be seeing this all over the place. But there has to be some, you know, multitudes of people out there, probably way more than the hardcore uh, crew which are just your average consumers, maybe their parents, maybe their kids, and they'll, they'll buy stuff if they see it, but they're not even checking these websites. Like it's not, it's not that kind of hobby for them. And, um, you know, so this number doesn't represent wherever we're, we end up in the, in the petition doesn't represent the total number of people that would buy a TVC uh -huh. action figure. I think it's really just scratching the surface. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that, that all makes sense. And that's a really good point as well, because, um, you know, people are sharing this on social media and uh, myself, for example, you know, on Instagram or Twitter, you know, I obviously probably the bulk of what I do is Star Wars related, but I also do a lot of other things. I do a lot of uh, DC, you know, a little bit of Marvel, you know, Jurassic, um, you know, a bunch of different things. And um, when I, you know, tweet something about this or I have a picture on Instagram, you know, re regarding it, um, you know, people are that don't normally collect these lines are seeing that and you know they're they're being a little bit inquisitive like like oh did they stop making those toys no you know we're just looking to get more of them made um so so yeah i mean you're definitely reaching a lot more people uh than you know if you were just going to a youtube channel that's strictly about star wars or you know website or what have you so um yeah no i'm glad that you brought that up and 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 there, if there's one more point of confusion i could address about the more um, if that's okay, uh, not yeah, to keep uh, monopolizing the conversation. Um, but people are seem to be confused about the more. Uh, you know, obviously with Bantha Skull being, you know, um, having a media relationship with Hasbro, we can't talk about the leaks, but we all, all know what the leaks are. There's not a lot, you know, there's not a lot of product in 2020 for the vintage collection in the basic lineup, but there's also nothing that we would want to see replaced. Even if it's not our personal mo most desired want, these are all strong selections and they're going to make somebody happy. So, yeah. you know, is, are, are they my picks? No, um, no, not necessarily. I should say no. Some of them definitely are. Not all <laughs> of them are. Uh, um, but I wouldn't want to put my pick over somebody else. You know, somebody's going to be very thrilled about getting Wolf. I personally, it's not, not my, you know, my first choice, but there's going to be a lot of people thrilled to get Wolf. I would hate to take that away just to put something else in. So when you, when you're kind of there, it's, it's, you know, we, we, we need a little bit more to, to work with to really, advocate for some of the of the other figures in, in good conscience i should say sure um chris did you want to speak to the specifics of uh, those numbers you gave me regarding the number of waves and the number of retools and such um do you think that's I'm... important or oh 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 i'm sorry i apologize i was drawing a blank yeah so so um, that was in the original draft of the of the um, petition, um, and, and a lot of this went through a lot of hands. Uh, obviously, we've been working this with the TVC group specifically, um, uh, John from the TVC group um, on this yourself as well. I uh, consulted with other people, and we thought we thought the we initially thought we would put like a um, 
a, a target to, to define more. And uh, it was it was instead of so this year we have three waves, so it was basically doubling that to six waves, with the same um, pack out ratio, which would be you know three of the figures, you know six four figure waves, uh, three of the figures would be um, you know either new new tools or partial retools and you'd have the the um, pack refresh so they'd have to be a smart pack refresh and we're also you know trying to get a, a feel of what that is but to, that would be a good level um we did strip that out of the petition to put that specifics in there out of kind of a fear of you know too long didn't read uh potentially so we, we tried to re- really get it down to the to the essentials but we think that would be a good a good a, a good basis to go from if we could get to six waves with the exact current makeup they have now of four figures, three new or newish in one pack refresh. And there's a lot of pack refreshes that I think people would be happy to see in the vintage collection. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Brett, I have a question for you. Um, how do you think that the initial waves of the vintage collection from 2018, when it first came back to retail, uh, affected the amount of product that's being released this year? And I think most of us probably agree that, um, you know, the character selection uh, was far from ideal, to put it um, kindly. Um, I think we would probably look back and say that the best figure that they had put in it was the Snoke figure because it was new and people wanted him. And there was, I think, a legitimate um, desire by collectors to have that character as a 375 figure. But um, that one figure sadly went down the tubes when the uh, Last Jedi had come out in between the reveal and the time it hit retail, and the character of Snoke pretty much its stock went went down the tubes, and the figure probably went with it. Um, and then all the other uh, carry forwards uh, were figures that had already dried up their uh, useful shelf life, and most of them were still available in the original packaging or on deep discount. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was not a very good wave. And so, you know, retailers like uh, Walmart and Target might have stocked up on those waves thinking that this is going to work and this is Star Wars and people are going to buy it. And it was just like a a, a really bad time because that stuff just stayed on the shelves for months and months, if not even years, at least in Target. I know you could probably still find some of those figures two years later. And that, almost was like a dead on arrival wave and it caused a real problem for a subsequent wave because it looked like 2018 going into 2019 like this was going to be something and it was going to kind of maybe pick up some steam and uh, any momentum that we thought we might have had seemed to just uh go out the window so yeah that launch wave in 2018 um was just bad news all around and it, it really went out the window when walmart's weird inventory system kicked in and the, you know, Walmart had an initial offering of wave one, went to two and three rather quickly. And then the wave one hit again with Walmart heavily. And that in, in my area basically shut Walmart down. Wow. Yeah. Um, my local targets. I mean, there were, there were some, some really good figures that, that they had in, in late 2018, 2019, some of those solo wave figures, like they were good characters, good collections, well done figures. There, there's barely, a bad figure that has come out in the, in the second iteration of TVC. I think Chris and I, you were talking about the, uh, the crate Luke Skywalker as being a big disappointment. Um, but the other figures, it's really hard to complain about how they came out, but most people never really saw them at retail and 
hardcore collectors will find a way to get them through online retailers, but your your casual buyer, your, your kids, your parents, someone who's just walking in and, and sees it and picks one up, like that's just not happening. And I think you need that um, you need that supplementary support in order to keep the line healthy. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, I mean, even locally, that's kind of still the situation. Uh, the, the Target I went to yesterday, I think they still had maybe like six or seven gin or so figures. Um, and uh, they had, you know, like I mentioned, the uh, the newer ones, um, you know, the Bespin Han, um, uh, C-3PO, that wave. Um, but yeah, those gins have been hanging out. It's, it has to be well over a year now because I, I don't think Target's received that way for some time unless they did and the other figures just happened to sell through at some point in the last several months. But um, yeah, I mean, even Walmart, uh, I was, I, I did a quick, it was totally not worth it, but I did a quick stop at Walmart yesterday and, um, you know, toy sections there were just opposite of, you know, the target I went to, just bare and um, not a single uh, three and three quarter inch Star Wars figure. They had a few six inch, that was it. And there were old ones. So um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of other things going on and other reasons that could be contributing to that right now. But I, I think that's kind of been this, the general situation, like way before that even. <laughs> so um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunately with the low volume the, that you know we say there's that one killer wave uh, that really can just totally derail the line for months, if not years. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I didn't see quite a few of those other ones either. I don't know that I ever saw the Death Trooper at retail. I don't know that I ever saw, uh, gosh, anything like like beyond like the was it the solo wave that had like the yeah, the range trooper and you know some of those other characters in and i know i saw that maybe a couple of times but just looking back here behind me at the wall see what's hanging up um i think the last real thing that i saw would have been like the uh, the rise of skywalker wave and even those didn't really hang hang around very long no that they sold really well in my area and as we're having a discussion i'm, I'm kind of uh, smirking to myself because uh, i've said many times you know i've Brett and I go all the way back to the beginning. So um, I actually didn't know what Yak Face, the Yak Face figure was until Power of the Force 2 came out. I, you know, I was too young to, to, to be that series of a collector when it, when it came out in 85. So I didn't know until 95. And if you think of it now, there's going to be probably another batch of collectors. I, granted, you get much more information in the, uh, you know, nowadays with, with the Internet. But that Yak Face never saw retail. I don't think there's ever been a report of that being in the store. So once again, Yak Face could become one of those. I never knew that existed figures. Yeah, and it's interesting too. Uh, yeah, that's, that's. Go ahead, Brent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I was going to say it's it's sad too because the one thing about 2019, um, and this kind of touches on our earlier discussion about groups of of figures that are that support each other. Um, you know, 2019 was great for for the whole uh, Tatooine scene. We've got we got the the barge obviously, which of course wasn't a, a retail item, but we got the barge, we got the the Jabba's adventure set, uh, we got the skiff, and there was um, some some carry forwards. I'm thinking of the the uh, the guard, uh, the Gamorrean guard in particular, and then they came out with the skiff repack, which had the one brand new figure in it, which was like you know like a, a celebration, a, a reason to celebrate. Like all this stuff came out at the same time, but that wave that had several of the Return of the Jedi figures in it that would have gone with all this stuff, I think, like you said, Victoria, I, I, I don't think that that hit anywhere. I don't think it was ever available to the average person. So they would see these sets at Walmart or Target or the Skiff or whatever, 
but they couldn't find the figures that were, you know, kind of companions to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally true. Um, and, you know, that's probably, I don't know, you, you guys might agree. I think that yak face is probably like a top 10, like three and three quarter inch figure. What do you think? I, I have it as my current favorite in the history of the line. Wow. And how about how, what Brett feels? No, I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous figure, no doubt. And it, it is one of the best ones I've ever made. And it's, and it's a perfect example, I think, of the scale that Hasbro would put so much care and effort and detail into making a character that was on screen for two and a half seconds with no speaking lines. And um, it is. It's one of the great uh, figures that they've made in the line ever. It makes me wonder... Uh, if figures like that can be made of, you know, that quality and, you know, obviously they had to tell a completely brand new figure. It's, it's, it's all brand new. It's, it looks amazing. It's beautifully detailed. Uh, if they, if they made a figure like that and could only offer it online, cause you know, like we're saying this didn't hit retail. Could they do that with other figures too, with other characters? And I mean, just offer them online. I mean, obviously we want to see them at retail, but could they do that? online and offer us things that maybe wouldn't sell through at retail. So to me, that's one of uh, a little bit of the, of the irony of the, that fan channel wave hitting target. I almost feel like that has a little bit more retail viability than some of the things that the hardcore collectors ask for. Cause it goes, you know, Luke and Han and, and uh, Lando and C3P are going to get picked up by the more casual um, collectors. So I'd be I'd be all for exploring anything like that, um, just just to get more. Um, the the one thing we do here is, and and you kind of mentioned it with Lando, is that the paint app applications are so key now that a lot of people are either slow or loath to buy the things online, sight unseen, because of that. So I do think if, if that was the only option, it would it would definitely they would definitely lose some sales as a result of that. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's really interesting. So uh, I want to ask you guys, why is this the right time to fight for the vintage collection? Uh, do you mind if I go, Brett? No, go for it. Just because the, the community is, is simmering after the, um, the, the review, the one reveal on, on fan, uh, the fan first Friday. Uh, there was a lot of, and, and then the follow-up Q and A as well. There's there's a bit of simmering, um, and just just wanted to try to repurpose that into something positive rather than having people get bitter. And just think it's a good time. Um, obviously, there's a lot of real-world things going on that are more important right now. Uh, so I appreciate that, and maybe you know, with that in mind, you know, it, it's not the best time. But we just had we we had to. I feel like across the community we realized we had to do something after the fact that one figure was revealed on fan first Friday. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Brett. No, I mean, uh, that's a, that's exactly what that was. The trigger was, uh, you know, we, we all got all, all of us hardcore collectors kind of all got online to go see, uh, the reveals. We know that there's not going to be any conventions this season. So we we're kind of hoping we would see something uh, big and exciting and um, there was a little bit of hype behind it. And when it all, you know, panned out, there really, we just kind of walked away feeling that we got nothing. So uh, there was definitely a lot of frustration. There was a lot of frustration going in. And to Chris's point, um, it just kind of seemed to reach ahead. So that was the moment where we're like, we need to try something positive to get everybody together to show 
uh, the folks at Hasbro that, hey, you know, this is a real audience, a, a valid audience in significant enough mu- mu- uh, numbers with enough, um, you know, money that they're willing to spend on this type of product that we're here. And if we don't get some kind of uh, hype or some kind of news or something to keep us in, there's going to be a lot of people who just drop out. And, and I'm not saying that like it's a threat. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm in it for a while. And I'm, I'm not feeling like I'm going to drop out tomorrow or anything, but we just know from people, you know, on our, on our, uh, within our circles talking about this stuff that it's kind of like, Hey, if this happens one more time, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, not going to bother. Like, why do I bother getting excited about this stuff? So uh-huh. we would like Hasbro to know that we're here and Hey, maybe the next time you have an event, you got to figure out how to, how to make a splash, throw something out there, keep people engaged. Yeah. That's a big part of it is keeping people interested. Um, you know, with any toy line, really, at, at the same time, if you go too far and you make too much, and this is something I've seen kind of with Mattel's Jurassic World line, uh, is that people can also simultaneously lose interest because there's too much and it's it's hard to keep up with. But that's kind of hasn't been the case lately with that line. It's been kind of dry. And uh, the, the new waves of toys in that line are so infrequent right now that people are losing interest for that reason as well. So... Like you're saying, it's a balance. You kind of got to figure out, you know, if, if you're starving people of, of depriving them of that product, then obviously, you know, they're going to lose interest that way. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's to that point, it's, you know, you, you have to have the, your hobby stimulated. Everyone's, you know, you, you need that buying opportunity. And, and the one thing um, from from Toy Fair, so this really this really started Toy Fair, um, you know, the kind of the angst starting to simmer because um, Toy Fair is kind of light. And, and, and it was a double it was a double whammy, a lot of collectors said. You know, we didn't see a lot. And then we find out the next time we get to buy a three and three quarter inch action figure is going to be in August or October, depending on what the pre-sale. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not just a light volume. It's, there's, there's nothing, there's, there's no, you know, nothing to stimulate your, your interest in the hobby between, you know, the Mandalorian wave and when, um, the power droid wave comes out. Yeah, totally. That's, um, it, it's hard to believe you said it's three waves this year, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So the Mandalorian wave, the um, the Power Droid wave, and the one with the uh, awesome it is awesome <laughs> update to Luke, to Luke Jedi, uh, and we don't officially know the other three figures in that wave. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's just really hard. Let me, yeah, three waves. That's that's wild. And 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 again, what's frustrating too is is there's other ways to simulate the three and three quarter inch collector, you know, cause, cause it is the world. So there could be, it doesn't have to be a basic, there could be a, you know, some sort of world um, building opportunity in there as well. That would just get people. I, I, unfortunately it seems that it's not, has, hasn't done too fantastic uh, in store, but I feel like there was a buzz after toy fair 2019 for the Jabba's palace adventure set. I thought that really had a buzz to it. So it doesn't just have to be a figure. It can be anything that helps expand the world. Yeah, there was a lot of buzz after, you know, that after the barge came out, um, the skiff, the Jabba's Palace play set. It's like, oh, you know, look at the possibilities, you know, with the vintage collection. They're really making good on, you know, the promise of continuing it, giving us new things that are, um, you know, like fresh. Like, you know, obviously we never had a barge or, you know, a Jabba's Palace play set of that caliber. So uh, I think there was a lot of expectation as well that, you know, you know, what's going to come in 2020? Are they going to do a cantina? Are they going to do, you know, a carbon freezing chamber? Are there, are there going to be these other ways that they can incorporate maybe some creatures or just kind of expand the line? And so when you say that there's only three waves and, you know, we're not talking about anything in terms of new vehicles or 
anything else that it kind of hurts. Yeah. And, and, and we, we do have the, the troop transport to be fair. We did get the, that earlier in the year, but that was pre toy fair and, you know, collectors have short memories. So, you know, from the collector perspective, it, that, that predates toy fair. So it doesn't count, you know, so since toy fair, we've only had the news of the three waves. Yeah. And I, I wonder why that is. Cause I mean, you know, I don't know. Do you, do you chalk that up to sales? You chalk it up to just changes in maybe like the, the philosophy of what kind of products they want to put out there? Because, you know, like we're saying, you know, there was a lot of great stuff that came out early last year. And and then after that, it's just kind of drying up. Um, what do you chalk that up to? I, I honestly don't have an answer. I, I don't. And um, that's part of the frustration. You know, it, it's just, it, you know, kind of what we're hearing, what we're seeing doesn't seem to jive up. And that, that just that that's another part of the frustration. Um, you know, it, I think you and I talked, Victoria, before the, the petition went live. And, uh, you know, if, if, it, if it did flop completely, you know, we did we did we got, you know, we did only got a thousand signatures. If it flopped completely, at least we'd know, you know, and say, OK, that's why we're not getting the product. Um, so I, I so I, I don't have an answer. And, and again, that's exactly the frustration. What we can observe and what we're hearing don't line up a lot um, with the, with the, with these products. Maybe there's another answer. Maybe they can't tell us. You know, it could, it could be a trade secret. That's all understandable. I'm, not, I'm just saying, but it it doesn't change the fact that it, that is a frustrating thing when when those things don't line up. Yeah, Chris, you and I were, were talking just the other day about that. That you know, 2019 seems to be like such a gray year. You know, what happened in 2020? And, and we you're right, we don't know. My, I only have like two guesses and they're totally uninformed guesses is that, you know, maybe 2019 that the whole thing with the barge was kind of like maybe Hasbro was figuring this is it. This is the last hurrah. Um, let's just put out some stuff and, and then we just expect interest in the line to kind of die out after that. Um, and they had some plans for 2019 and then they just expected it to kind of disappear or, you know, alternatively, and again, this doesn't jive with what we're hearing or seeing that 2019, the stuff just didn't sell. And even though we're personally excited about it, most people in the community seem to be excited about it. But on a bigger sense, maybe maybe it didn't sell that well. And 2019 was a bust. Again, it doesn't it doesn't jive with what we're what we're privy to. But we don't know. It, it makes no sense looking back on 2019 and then seeing what's happening now in 2020. Like it, it does. It should have built on 2019, not gone backwards. Yeah. And, and it, it, just just go 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 over it. The Rogue One Stormtrooper goes up for sale anywhere it sells out in seconds. Um, the Mandalorian wave, nobody can keep it in stock. You know, so I, I know I'm cherry picking some some hot items, uh, but just that this is what the fancy. It's like how how can we buy more? How can we vote for a wallet more when there's nothing to buy? And when it comes up, it sells out before I can buy it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and Brad, I think your first point. I mean, I'm inclined to kind of agree with your first point being a little bit more in line with maybe what, what the logic is, you know, behind the lack of product this year. Because, I mean, they always say it takes like 18 months from the time they, you know, conceive an item to actually get it, in, you know, to the time to get it in stores. So if what we're seeing now, are, you know, the plans for 2020 were, you know, kind of going behind the scenes, you know, 18 months ago before, you know, a lot of this stuff started coming out last year, you know, like the skiff, like the, the troop transport, uh, the Java's place set, all that. I mean, you would think that they would have had to have had, you know, the, the, they would have had to have cemented whatever was going to be released in 2020 at that point. So 
it, it kind of I, I kind of think you're you might be on the right track with that thinking I mean, it's possible, and and um, and not to to kind of take us too much off the topic, but kind of along those lines, there is a long lead time for a lot of what Hasbro does. Again, they're they're a, a humongous um, you know international company, so there there seems to be an unrealistic expectation from uh, parts of the community that hey, we're making noise now. I mean, this this petition we've had out for like a week and a half. And then they had the Black Series announcements yesterday and there was nothing for TVC. And I think a lot of people were like, how could they not hear that, that we're making all this noise? They must know that we're here. I mean, I, I'm sure this this type of of, of uh, reveal event, uh, it was planned months in advance. Like they do this stuff so far in advance. They've got a calendar that they kind of stick to. Uh, they can't they can't turn their operation on the dime. So what we're hoping to accomplish now right now in real time with this petition with the hashtags and just trying to get awareness out there this is something that maybe maybe hasbro might verbally acknowledge it somehow uh by saying hey we hear you guys but we're not going to see anything come from it for a long time and and by then sadly whatever momentum we may have picked up might be lost or people will just expect something sooner and it's not going to be there so you would hope that Hasbro at least maybe has the ability to do something a little bit quicker, even if they're putting out, um, you know, refreshes of, of figures that want to be seen. So they're not like doing new tooling, but something to just, you know, add a little bit to the, to the availability of what's there. Something, mm -hmm. you know, just, just reissue some figures, just put something else out there that maybe nobody knew about, or that's a little bit of surprise or, or something like move up the timetable just a bit. But I, I think in general, I think the expectations are, that, you know, there's going to be some, hopefully some big change, but I just don't think we're going to, I, I do feel like we're going to see something if this goes well, but we're just not going to see it very soon. Yeah, no, I think that's, you bring up another good point. Uh, I kind of felt like that's something that they could easily do is maybe just put out, you know, say something like, uh, you know, we have noticed that there's you know, increasing attention to, you know, vintage collection, you know, we don't have any plans to announce anything today or, you know, something. But I kind of felt the same way back, like around uh, Toy Fair when, you know, the Clone Wars had just come back and uh, all of their focus was was on the Empire Strikes Back, which, you know, obviously that should have it's, you know, it's its 40th anniversary. It should have, you know, some special attention, but I don't think it's too hard to throw in a, you know, a line, you know, here that says something like, Oh, you know, we recognize that the Clone Wars is back. You know, we don't have anything to announce today, but, you know, rest assured we are, you know, actively working to announce something in the future. You know, just, I, I think little things like that could go a long way with some people. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know why they, they don't do that. Do you remember? Sure, they, I, mean, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Do you remember they, they used to do that um, where they would say, you know, Here's the themes. Of, again, we're getting back to the theme was. Here's what the way they kind of really slow release the information, but at least you weren't starved for news. Um, so the, here's what the waves will be. And then as they get close, subject to change, here's what the waves will be. Uh, and then as you got closer, they would start filling in the characters, even something like that, just to know that these sources, they might be far out, but they are on the, the you know, the, the, they're they're on the list coming up, I think would help too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. That, that would be something. Um, and I know they're not doing like the themed waves anymore, but I mean, even just to say, you know, we're, we're working on this, we're looking at this, or, I mean, I know they do say that when we have, when they have like their Q and A's that we participate in, but um, yeah. 
I, I think if Hasbro had all of their uh, their engines on full right now when it came to uh, 375, that they might even be able to somehow in, in relatively short order, and I mean, you know, six months to a year versus a year and a half, they might be able to pump out like a Mandalorian-themed repaint wave or something to that, or Clone Wars repaint or re-release wave. They used to do that in the lines too, where they would kind of realize that the, um, you know, the, the consumer was starved for product that was selling through well enough and they would kind of, you know, pump out like like a wave of repaints and uh, just just kind of keep product on the shelves. Um, it's almost like they have to figure out some way to keep the current population engaged before they disappear. Uh-huh. And and one one theme that Brett and I uh, do harp on a lot is part of the reason we are here is because they did listen. We just didn't li- the community didn't listen back, you know, because we said we kept saying. Uh, you know, less re- we don't want as many repacks. We don't want as many repacks. But the real message was supposed to be we don't want as many repacks if they're coming at the expense of newly tooled figures. And Hasbro kind of fed back to us, um, okay, less repacks means less figures overall per year. Do you understand that? And I don't think that was very well understood until recently. So kind of this very light 2020 is in part, a small part, there's many factors in it, because they reacted to the repacks but didn't didn't understand what the message was about the repacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if really should have been, you know, once, once it was understood that um, less repacks means less waves and less figures per year, once that was understood, then it should have been, okay, well, not necessarily less repacks, but let's get to the, um, to the echo base trooper, which I would say is getting frustrating. That hasn't been re-released. That's, that was never easy. That was never easy to find. That was that 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 odd three-figure wave in late 2011. I believe it was late 2011 with Ponda Baba, Basila Shan, and the Echo ba- Base Trooper. Obviously, two of those have been um, one of uh, Ponda Baba. I believe was released one other time in the Vintage Collection. Basila Shan and um, Ponda Baba released in the Black Series. But that Echo Base Trooper has never gotten back. That 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 wave was under underserved initially. It's never gotten back out there. So it's frustrating that one's not back out there. It's an army builder. Uh, people will be looking for it. But other ones, you know, the that EU wave at the end of the Legacy Collection, you know, though these are all things that okay, if we can't get new to the figures, let's let us get those, get another crack at those figures. That that EU wave with the um, Shock T in in there that goes for a hundred dollars. Uh, um, and there's you know. I, I keep bringing up her check Calfast. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, with the gold, they came out with the gold eyes. That's a $50 figure on yeah. eBay right now. Uh, repaint it with the correct black eyes, and you got a lot of. You know, and I, it's my understanding that um, you know, not not changing the mask, but just changing the colors of the mask is doable as a as a as as a um, pack refresh. So just make the eyes black, and you'll get a lot more customers to buy that um, that that figure. So I, I I think part of what happened in in 2020 was a lot of miscommunication going both ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, it certainly seems like that could be another part of it too, you know, for the reason that there's less product in 2020 is that, you know, maybe they, they realize, you know, these, these repacks that, you know, that they offered, you know, that were, as we were discussing earlier, you know, didn't sell very well, you know, in 2018 and fans aren't asking for more repacks. They don't, they want less repacks. So, Maybe we don't have the budget to to do all new figures, so we're just going to do less figures. So, yeah, it's interesting to think about. And it was really less repacks of the Black Series three and three quarter inch boxed figures <laughs> that we just bought. That's really what the message should have been: do other repacks, just not those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I think 
I think that a, a cantina themed, like you were saying, you know, Calfas, like a cantina themed, even if it was just a straight up repaint wave, you know, some of these figures haven't been out in forever, you know, Calfas, Lisa Surlin, um, yep. Velta Perntravag, you know, obviously some of those aren't, you know, as definitive as they could possibly be, but uh, I don't see them ever doing some of those figures ever again, like from scratch. So, I mean, even if they, if they brought those back repainted, um, I think a lot of people would, would chomp at the bit to buy them. I agree. I, I get, I get nervous. I always get nervous. Is it just me? You know what I mean? Cause I would be, I would be absolutely thrilled to buy some nice, some of the, some of those uh, aliens that were never on the vintage collection just to have the card. Because to me, that is the, the soul of the vintage collections kind of canteen aliens. Yeah. Victoria, your interview with Steve at, uh, was that 2017 San Diego comic-con? Um, he literally said, this is kind of why we brought it back for Cantina Aliens and Skiff Guards. He said exactly. that to you. He did. <laughs> yeah, so let's get him in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that that's another part of it, too. Not only are you offering these figures like for people that weren't collecting back then, but you're also offering them to people that want them on vintage card back. So to me, it just makes a whole lot of sense if they wanted to bring some of these great characters back, you know, these Cantina Aliens, these Jabba's Palace Aliens. And I know they, they got to a few of the Jabba's aliens, but we haven't seen a Cantina alien in five years now. And we haven't seen any right. since the vintage collection came back. So um, I don't know. To me, that's just like money on the table. I mean, they, something so easy to do that I'd love to see. I know a lot of people would love to see that, you know, if if they are listening by some chance, you know, hopefully that's something that, you know, that, that obviously, we want that. Do it, please. And and if any of if any, uh, the e-tailers are listening, kick this up as an exclusive case. I think you'll... <laughs> do well with it yeah absolutely and, and and i i agree with both of you what you're saying and I, I would love to see all of that stuff i think there's a danger though that um there there would be a, a little bit of a disconnect with hasbro because of let's take for example like what we went through with the uh with the revan figure that was supposed to come um it was going to be a, a in tvc but it was going to be a, a straight repack of the 2007 30th anniversary collection figure and initially the reaction was, wow, great. We get, we get this figure. And then 30 seconds later, it was like, no, no, I don't want a figure that's from 2007. I want you to redo it and give it all the articulation and all that stuff. And I think, um, you know, it would, it, what makes me a little bit nervous is how the decision comes to be as to which figures would be worthy, even if they're 10, 12, 15 years old, of just being repacked straight onto a TVC card versus which are absolutely not worthy and would need a complete redo. Um, and, and there would have to be some trust between, you know, collectors and buyers and, and, and Hasbro to which ones those would be and how, how well they would sell. And, and Brett, you know, you know, we're in a data driven world. So, you know, they're going to want a data point saying, where's the cutoff? What year is the cutoff? where things can be repacked in the vintage collection. 2007 seems too early. So, you know, that, that's a data point they can work with. Unfortunately, this is a really hard nut to crack because it's it's a feel. Right. Felt, felt tip, Victoria, you said it. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, hopefully I don't budget felt, felt, felt tipper and Travag. Uh -huh. That that feels right in the vintage collection. Just know that's right. He, it's good enough for the, for, for, yeah. for basically, for basically the, um, the essence of the character. That's good enough. But, for the essence of Revan, that twenty thousand seven figure is, is um, uh, isn't good enough. The, Revan needs a better fi figure than that. So it's there's no hard data points, just a feel, and that's a yeah. that that's a difficult thing to get. You know, again, that that 
Feld, Tipper, and Travag figure is what two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. I believe it's two thousand and five. You know, so that's a really old. But that would be great. <laughs> and that's another expensive secondary market figure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mayo, Milum um, Unith, or whatever her name yep. is. Yeah, those would be great. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like you're saying, you're right. It is it is a feel kind of thing. And I think part of it is also, you know, if there is a an existing Black Series version, then it feels kind of like there's less of an excuse to bring back a Revan that is that outdated. So, you know, obviously some of these Canteen Aliens don't have Black Series counterparts. But if they did, we'd probably be asking for those as well. But because they don't, then I think there's a little more incentive for them to reach, you know, back a little fur- further and, uh, right. you know, go with things like Maya, go with things I felt to print Travag. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, all right. So, if if all of this is successful and Hasbro says, "We heard you guys. You know, we want to give you more product. What what do you what do you want to happen ultimately? Like, if this is also successful and they do hear and they do acknowledge, um, what do you want to see happen from Hasbro? Uh, Brett, do you mind if I go first? Sure, go for it. Um, I, th- I think initially, and, and again, part of the frustration is we're, we're not asking for deep cuts right now. We're, we're asking for some pretty safe things like an epi- a good episode five Lando, Beskar Mandalorian, uh, episode six Emperor Palpatine. You know, these things are pretty safe that, you know, we would love to have had them in especially the Lando really would have loved to have had that in 2020. So, again, I think this is an evolving thing and you you get those in, maybe get the sales going and then try to have the argument. Just we got to set aside some some allocation in the line for the um, deeper cut characters that just have years of pent up demand. Uh, And do you have any in mind, Victoria? I'll just ask you if there's. I, I kind of have one in mind that hasn't. Uh... <laughs> one that we've kind of been asking for since uh, as long as I can remember, decades. Um, yeah, so the Tonica sisters, uh, as far as I can tell, they haven't had figures yet. And um, based on what I understand, uh, Christine Hewitt, who portrayed one of the sisters, um, she did, you know, provide the the paperwork to Lucasfilm before she passed, you know, very sadly, um, to have, you know, to grant them the the rights to use her likeness in merchandise. And as I understand it now, um, Angela Staines is willing to do the exact same thing. So it, 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 these things are definitely possible. And and if if any if anybody ever wanted to break the internet moment, to me that's it. There's been <laughs> these things have been requested for so long. I, I think it's been requested so long that they there might be a false um, false impression that there's not a lot of demand for it. I think they wore out the the, the request because okay, <laughs> we're never going to get it. In fact, when we, we you know we 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 have kind of a for for unmade subsets, we have a you know a priority list that we have standing on Bantha Skull for the unproduced character guide. Uh, we 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 had the Tonica sisters lower just because uh, it's never going to get done. So might as well put something something higher up there. Uh, we just went through. Sorry if, if we're doing a little self promotion here. We just went through and did the, what we call our scene it feature for the cantina, where it's basically every figure that goes in the scene and where they go, um, and, you know, and a list of them, basically a checklist of it. We did it for the cantina, and it's just it's overwhelming how many shots. You know, it's not just that one establishing shot of the Tonica sisters with the unnamed moisture farmer. You know, they're in the background of a lot of shots, and if you really want a good cantina 
diorama that it's it's becoming one of the most you know important figures um from from that subset it's two figures from that from that subset and um I know I get very obsessive compulsive about things, but um, we, we, you know, the, the right side of the cantina bar, as you're looking at it, we have a lot of figures from that side. We have almost nothing from the left <laughs> side. I just want to put something over there. You know, I, I, I don't use my imagination. If they weren't there in the movie, I don't put them in my display. So I need Hasbro to help me out there with my compulsions. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, uh... so, uh... yeah, go ahead. Uh, so so now now we we have them as the top priority, right? On. Ten out of ten out of ten priority. Nice, um, yeah. No, the 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 Tonica sisters were featured pretty prominently in that in the cantina scene. Um, you know, you just see them in the background. You also see them, you know, up close. Um, so yeah, I mean, the other thing that's interesting about it too is, I mean, you guys know, um, you know, in the past, you know, if you asked them about it, you know, they wouldn't really say anything. It was almost kind of like like morbid you know it was, it was scary it was like they'd be like can't say anything like they'd be like you know we have absolutely no comment you know they were very specific and like saying you know in, in the way that they would answer that but now you know when we asked them like you know even just a few weeks ago when they had that um q and I brought it up we brought it up at toy fair we brought it up last year at comic-con and you know it they're they've changed their tune a little bit so at the very least that is promising they're not flat out saying no they are saying Sam last year at Comic-Con, um, you know, we, we gave him the information and, uh, you know, we said, hey, you know, she's willing to sign, you know, I have her contact info. And um, so we followed up at Toy Fair and he said that in his answer, he said that they're aware. He said Lucasfilm is aware, um, but that there was nothing else that they could speak to at that point in time. So, you know, at least the answer is isn't a flat out no anymore. It's It's now it sounds like the wheels are kind of turning behind the scenes, but at the same time. Uh, in my conversations recently with Angela, she hasn't had anybody reach out to her. So hopefully the wheels are turning, but, you know, obviously we need to see things happen a little bit faster. And, and I think hey, what you wonder then is the, is the holdup at this point, is it anything, um, you know, legal wise or permission wise or anything like that? Or, or is, is if there are, if those hurdles can be cleared, then the question is, what is the state of the hobby right now where Hasbro could risk putting out a deep cut figure such as that, where all, all of us here w would absolutely go crazy if they, if they did that. But, you know, they would have to find a very careful and special way of putting, putting that figure out or both of those, so both sisters out in such a way that, um, you know, it would appeal to as many people as they can without it um, causing a problem at retail. Yeah. I think if we, if we, again, I'm, I'm, I really hope Patrick, Patrick doesn't punch me because I keep repeating his quote, you know, passion from fans gets things done. If we can just, you know, a, after, after the, the general more, more petition goes through, if we can get in one voice, I, maybe something can be done about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the things Angela has said is, is, is part of the reason that, you know, she didn't, want to sign it initially was that she would have to pay for her own figure. And, um, you know, even now she says, well, it'd be nice if I was, if I was able to get, you know, my own figure without having to buy it. And I'm sure I would send her a figure if, if, if Hasbro was able to make them, I would, I would, <laughs> I'm sure all anybody would, you know, she'd probably have like right. a whole, whole mountain of Tonica sister figures, like after, you know, <laughs> this happens. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely seems like it's possible. It's just like you're saying, Brett, though, it's like, you know, if they don't do it and, you know, they can, you know, that, you know, that that does speak maybe a little bit more to the state of Star Wars collecting. But one of the things I wanted to mention to you guys is, um, you know, that three pack they released last year with the skiff guards, it was like a fan channel exclusive. They had it on Hasbro Pulse. It was uh, the three pack with the three guards that you could get to, uh, you know, to flesh out your barge or to flesh out your skiff. Uh, I feel like that was a really good platform for bringing things back and maybe for offering new things, you know, a mix of new and old things. I was thinking like maybe they could do something like that with three Cantina alien repaints. Maybe they could do that. Maybe we could finally get Simalu uh, in one of those three packs along with a new Emperor and a repacked Royal Guard from the first time the Vintage Collection was out. I mean, something like that I think would be a good way to offer some of those characters. Speaking of which, that's another pain point going from 2019 to 2020. We expected that platform, I think we all did, to continue. And that was another exciting thing. And we haven't heard anything about that. Um, again, and from just what we can observe, that seems to have done well. Uh, it's sold out everywhere. Granted, we don't know if that's sold out one, one, one uh, you know, order you know and it was never reordering anything we don't know what that sell represents so i admit uh -huh. that but from what we can observe that seemed to do well it's it, it's climbing up the, the value on the secondary market if you go on yeah. amazon i think they're trying to get 70 dollars for it wow. so that's a pain point we would love to see those three packs uh come back uh this was one of the most exciting things for me last year because it had vidane in it which finally <laughs> we finally got the pilot for our for our prisoner skiff yeah. And, you know, the other the other good thing about it is it's the kind of thing you could sell multiples of. I bought it three times because I so I bought it once so that I could open the figures and have them, you know, decked out on my skiff or on my barge. And then I bought it again because, you know, I just wanted to have like a box sample of it. And then a third time because I wanted to have like individually carded ones like on display. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential for like resale with things like that. You know, if you are marketing it towards collectors, which obviously, you know, the vintage collection is that's largely what they're doing these days. Um you know, something like that, you know, there is the potential there to sell, you know, a lot of them if, if, if stores or, you know, whoever's carrying it did reorder them, if they did want to use it as a platform to offer more characters and bring more things back. I think there's a lot of potential that could be had with those three packs. And I will say too, I ugged a little bit when I saw it because my initial thought was I got to buy two of these to get one Vidane open and one Vidane carded, but I did it. So just because if they got any feedback with people, uh, you know, saying, well, about that, if just because they complain doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Because I did it. And I was, then I was actually <laughs> quite thrilled when there was noticeable um, paint application upgrades to both Brock Starsher and um, uh, Vism. The, 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 they actually came out nicer. So I didn't mind having the extra uh, openers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of the same way. And I, I think um, some of these guys, I can't remember them offhand, but there are some of these characters that, you know, I only had like one of and it was enough to put, you know, in in um, in uh, we didn't have a barge at the time, but I would put them with all the barge uh, figures together on a shelf. And it was only after like really looking closely or you, Chris probably you told me a couple of these. Some of these characters actually exist in the uh, in the palace as well. So, you know, it, it was certainly another opportunity to pick up um, doubles or, or even more of these guys because they're, they're, they are a little bit more versatile than just the one theme. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I, I see it as a great platform for them to, to re-release more stuff. You know, obviously that's we'd like to see more more things that, you know, that, that have been in demand for a long time, things that haven't, you know, been released yet. I think there's a lot they could do with it. And even if they wanted to, you know, just find new ways of doing multi-packs, you know, whether it's like the evolutions or the battle packs, things like that. You know, obviously those were a little more tailored to, I guess, more to kids, especially when you think back to those earlier battle packs or those Clone Wars battle packs that they were doing for a while. But um, I think if you take, I, I think that's kind of what that three pack has is sort of the spirit of what they were doing with those battle packs and evolution sets. They were just kind of, but, 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 you know, more modernized for the vintage collection specifically. So I really like that. I hope to see more of it. And, um, I do want to ask you guys, uh, both of you and, um, Brett, I'll go ahead and start with you. Why is the vintage collection so important? Well, I mean, it's, it's the, it's in the DNA. It's, it's the, it's where it all started. Um, you know, for those of us that are old enough, we had this scale when we were kids. Um, and many of us either kind of drifted away from it as we got a little older or, or maybe stuck with it to some degree. And then when it was reintroduced in that same scale in the late nineties, uh, mid nineties, late nineties, it kind of brought a lot of people back into it. And that was it. Like that was star Wars. That was, um, what you thought of. It had the nostalgia factor to it. Um, and, you know, as Chris has pointed out, uh, to me, and I think you wrote about it recently that there's, um, there's a direct tie in between the merchandising and the collectability of the products and the media itself. And it's almost like one, um, depends on the other, like they both depend on each other in order to succeed at their fullest. And, um, you know, we all, those of us that collect, uh, it's become a big part of our lives and this scale in particular, because of its world building aspect and the amount of time that it's been around, you know, in the modern form for going on 25 years and, and in total since the Kenner days, you know, obviously about 40 years or so, I think that, um, you know, it's just, it's just an important part of it and everything else spins off from it. Any, every other piece of star Wars merchandise is a spin off of the 3.75 inch action figure. And even if it's not necessarily the scale of choice across toys today, I think it's always going to be the backbone of Star Wars toys, Star Wars collecting. And even if you don't collect the 3.75 inch, but you're into other things, Star Wars, you would have to um, want this thing to succeed because it helps bear fruit across all other uh, associated lines. I just, I just think it's, uh, it's an important part of Star Wars history, Star Wars lore, and it keeps so many of us engaged. Hundred percent, Chris. My, what, why is it important? The Millennium Falcon, the X-wing, the AT-AT. To me, the, the, that's the, that's really the soul of of Star Wars. The, the, you know, the the world. And again, it's literally, it's literally why the scale was invented because of the, you know, those brilliant you know kenner engineers way back when said we got to bring the kids the whole world and and that that's why it's important to me um i started collecting the six inch i have nothing against it it's just not how i i want to collect i don't want to i don't want a character focus i want a world focus and that that's why it's important i'm not interested if i can't have the millennium falcon ad at x-wing and those things it's what i need to have to to enjoy to enjoy the collection Totally. No, both of you guys bring up some excellent points. You know, it's all about the, the heritage. It's all about the world building. And um, I wasn't around when the original uh, vintage line was out. But, uh, you know, as soon as they brought them back uh, in the mid 90s, I was I was on board 
right away and it hooked me I, I i never i never lost sight of that it's something that's always continued from then until now and um you know it's it's it, it that's exactly it. it it's the whole premise of being able to you know flesh out in in actual you know like realistic 3d form right in front of you your favorite moments from those films that ap- absolutely captivated your imagination so it's it's hugely important and uh, I think I think that's that's the heart of it. It's it's being able to to own all of these different things and recreate moments that you cherish so much from those films. Absolutely, well said. Definitely, yeah, sure. So, yeah, any any final thoughts here before we wrap regarding uh, the vintage collection or uh, Star Wars in general? Anything you guys want to want to throw at us? Uh, a- any final thoughts? Can we do some uh, shout outs? Sure, of course. Just want to say for the campaign again, um, right at the ground level was Tim from Box Bounty on this. Uh, we've seen it attributed just to us. It's not. It's it's it really is. A, and again, Victoria, you you were there at the beginning um, of this. You're one of the first people I reached out to um, on this, uh, as well as the TVC group and those admins. Um, they are fighting like dogs. And in in the um, in the campaign, we're seeing some disappointing um returns from certain areas um in europe um where we know there's a lot of collectors but they're just not turning out for this conversely um latin america is is showing up big for the signatures um and a lot of that has to do with augustine from the tvc group who was just fighting like a dog to get the message out into um into those countries uh paul from the tvc group lando griffin and Corey, they're all really um battling on this we we can't thank um, Crisby from um, Jedi Business enough. Uh, one, seriously, one of the nicest guys, Brett, I don't know you have, I've encountered in this. And then James from uh, Jedi News, JTA, obviously, being Yak Face being on board. I just, I just think that the amount of teamwork on this is actually inspiring, too. Everybody's, and, and it was a, a real um, spirit of volunteerism, too. It wasn't like, come on, could you do this for us? It wasn't like that. It was like, hey, we're doing this. Count me in. So it's just been a great response from everybody. And I really think it's, it's made me proud of this community. It's, it really is a good community. Yeah, yeah I, I, I totally agree with that aspect of, of what we're going through right now. It's really like um, it's kind of heartwarming to just see like everybody from all the different corners of the collecting community who normally kind of do their own thing. And, you know, over time, there's obviously uh, you know, been some falling out between different different people or different groups within the community, but it just seemed like there was none of that when it came to this. Everybody was like, "Yep, um, we need to help get this word out," and it's all for the betterment of the hobby. And you know, like like we keep saying, I mean, we, we I, not to speak for Chris, but I, I appreciate you having us on. I don't think for a second either Chris and I are looking for any specific credit as starting this or being responsible for this. This is a total community-wide effort and it's the only way that it's going to get the kind of success that we're hoping for and everybody just kind of jumped in and um, because it was clear that there was nobody looking for any specific recognition I think that's one of the reasons why everybody was like this is like this is this is for everybody this is for for all time like let's just all jump in together and I don't think I've really seen this kind of um, you know uh, working together within this type of, of uh, community that since, you know, I've been collecting. So it's, it's terrific. 
and and I was also been inspired. Uh, you know, we we just featured a, a video clip from the um, Twitter account uh, Toys of the Jedi, I believe, is what it is. And it's just inspiring to see people just doing these creative things to in advocacy for the the, the vintage collection. That video was really cool. Uh, the Imperial Communique. I've been in contact with him. I don't want to spoil it, uh, but if he pulls off um, what he's planning, it's going to be really cool. And I think really appreciated by by Hasbro just that people love this thing so much that they're going to put their own time and effort into it to make you know these creative gestures about it. And I think it's awesome. Yeah, all excellent points. And you know that is another thing I, I do want to mention is that I've seen like probably especially in the last year year or two is. I have been noticing a lot more like pent up demand for for the vintage collection and for three and three quarter inch because I'm seeing, you know, these new um, YouTube channels that are popping up and, um, you know, just like off the top of my head, there's like usual Mike televisions one and uh, only one Kenobi is another one like, you know, you're seeing like more people that are that are coming about and only focusing strictly on the vintage collection. So uh, I think, you know, a lot of people got a taste of it in 2018 and, you know, and then, you know, like we were saying earlier in 2019, kind of got a taste for what the potential was. And, you know, now we're seeing that drop off of there really not being more than the three waves this year. So um, it's just really cool. You know, th- you know, there, there, I think there are more fans than than we might be aware of and that maybe that Hasbro thinks might exist because, you know, we're seeing these people kind of come out of the woodwork and say, hey, I've been collecting this line for all this time. Uh, this is what I want to see, you know, so, you know, lots of things like that, lots of sh- social media accounts that are doing the same thing. So, um, yeah, I think that this this campaign is also, you know, helping to, to bring some of that out as well. You know, just uh, those people are on board and, you know, you're seeing more people come out and, and sign the petition, obviously. So it's it's awesome. It's all great stuff. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, no, I love what you guys are doing with the website. Your your passion and enthusiasm is very obvious to anybody that goes to BanthaSkull.com. You know, the, the the reviews for the different figures and the updated reviews and, you know, the features that you guys are talking about. Um, you know, it's 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 all very evident and um, it, it's very evident in, the, in, you know, what we're all working towards with the vintage collection and trying to get more products. So, um, you know, just want to say thank you guys for for continuing that and for for fighting for that and um for for uh keeping on doing what you're doing through the website love it i oh, appreciate it thank you very much yeah thank you same to you as well thank you um so the petition is on change.org and uh, we'll go ahead and throw a link to that in the show notes and uh, other than banthaskull.com which you know i'm sure anybody that's listening to this is has to be over at banthaskull.com but if you're not for some reason check out banthaskull.com we have a lot of people that listen that collect other lines um and uh, yeah, so uh, Chris, what are the hashtags? It's a uh, save TVC. Uh, save three seven five. That was, I believe, that originated from Instagram. Um, back TVC, and um, fight for TVC. Uh, and I, I, I can explain the motivation behind our um, fight for TVC on our end was that we wanted to let the the fan community know that you, you can't sit on the sidelines for this. This is something you're going to have to get active about and, and participate with. You actually have to help fight to get, bring this back. That, and it w- wasn't meant to be a, <laughs> a military type of uh, <laughs> message. It's just, it's just, you know, we see your complaints in the comments. Let's, let's direct that into something positive. 
Yeah, no, absolutely love it. And it kind of makes me feel a little bit like, uh, you know, towards the end of the Rise of Skywalker, you know, everybody kind of comes for that last final big fight, you know, yeah. even yes. if it's not something they normally do, you know, everybody's showing up. So yeah, no, definitely sign the petition, um, check it out. You know, there will be links in the show notes. And uh, where else can our listeners go to find you guys on social media? Uh, so we're, we're on um, we're Twitter, BanthaSkull.com. Uh, uh, we're on Facebook as BanthaSkull. Um, we are on Pinterest now um, as Bantha Skull, and we have a little bit of a YouTube channel. But we, Brett, is that, that's Bantha Skull as well, just the Bantha Skull channel, correct? It's Bantha Skull, right? And and Instagram, we're actually yes. uh, Bantha underscore Skull because apparently someone was already using that. So <laughs> someone someone yeah. took someone took Mayor West, so we have to be Mayor underscore West. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, Chris, Brett, thanks immensely for coming on to the show this time. And uh, Chris, it was great talking to you again. Brett, it was your first time on the show. Thank you for coming on. And, um, you know, hopefully this all works out. And yeah, we'll be talking in the not too distant future about, uh, you know, all the positive things that are coming out of this. And we'll be fighting for those Cantina twins. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode. Victoria's Cantina began on YouTube, and you can find plenty of toy content on the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel. We are also on Instagram, constantly showcasing toy photography at Victoria's Cantina, as well as Facebook at Victoria's Cantina, and on Twitter, ranting and raving about toys and other nonsense at Vic's Cantina. For fun and random toy clips, follow us on TikTok at Victoria's Cantina. Got a question or something you'd like to share with us? Drop us a line in the fax machine. You can email victoriascantina at yahoo.com. If you are so inclined and wish to drop a coin in the tip jar, we are on Patreon where you can gain greater access to the channel while helping to keep the content rolling. For VC-branded merchandise such as t-shirts, ball caps, mugs, and other fun stuff, visit us on Teespring and TeePublic. Links to all of these magical places can be found in the show notes. Do you got a minute or two? If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and drop a brief review explaining why you enjoy the show. As always, I'm Victoria, and no matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Cantina Chatter Podcast.